This is an example to the world that God's way works. It works. And I want to preach you a message on forgiveness. We need this message so much. So you're in Ephesians 4 and Luke 17. Let's begin by reading one verse in Ephesians 4. I'd love to read the previous 10 verses, but I don't have time. The Bible says in Ephesians 4, 32, and be ye kind. Is that right? I'm not going to turn there. I've got it printed. Is that right? Okay. And be ye kind one to another. I preached on that once. Tenderhearted. I preached on being tenderhearted. Forgiving one another. Let's look at that word today, forgiveness. So let's read it all together. And be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Let's pray. Father, today I pray you'd fill our midst with that sweet spirit of Christ. And Lord, today as we, as we preach a practical message, I pray that you'd help us to open our hearts and open it, our hearts to your love and to your forgiveness as we, Jesus taught us, as we forgive others. And Father, I pray if there be one here that's holding a grudge or harboring hate in their heart, that today would be the glad day they could just let go and turn it over to you. And begin life anew. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There are lots of wonderful instructions in these previous 11 verses. But I want to process this one thought this morning over and over and over. This is one of the most important messages that you will ever hear. And it is a message on forgiveness. The general definition of forgiveness is a conscious, deliberate decision to release feelings of vengeance or resentment towards someone who has hurt you whether they deserve it or not. Let that sink in. The def definition is a conscious, deliberate decision to release feelings of vengeance or resentment toward a person who has hurt you whether they deserve it or not. It's already gotten serious, hadn't it? Why? Because the truth is, that's hard to do. And the truth is, you're already thinking in your mind, <laughs> I don't know where this message is going, and I don't know if I can do it or not. Well, I can tell you that you can. Amen. So, the, the, to release feelings of resentment or vengeance, don't harbor resentment. It will make you bitter towards everyone. Amen, preacher. Amen. Don't harbor vengeance. It will make you generally hateful to everybody. Don't harbor animosity because animosity leads to more hostility. The Bible says here in these same verses to be kind and to be tender-hearted. And the truth is this. The kind and tender-hearted person is going to get their feelings hurt a lot easier, are they not? But the kind and tender-hearted person is the person who may be offended easier, but the person who needs to forgive the most. 
So in order to complete this whole verse, kind and tender-hearted, you're going to have to be forgiving. Amen. We need to have tender hearts and tough shells. Yes, sir. And so there has to come a practice, a Christian practice, to release pride. Pride calls for vengeance. Pride calls for revenge. Pride calls to, for, to avenge yourself. But humility says forgive. I'm hitting home already, aren't I? Pride says, I will not release you from the harm that you did to me. I'm going to hold you accountable forever for what you did to me. <laughs> That's what pride says. Pride emphasizes the fact that they should not have offended you. But let me remind you about what the Bible says about pride. That it goeth before a fall and a haughty spirit goes before destruction. Pride and unforgiveness will destroy you, dear friend. Pride says I will not release. Pride and unforgiveness are not like a gun that kills in one direction. So often we think if, we, if we're going to avenge ourselves, I used to love to watch those revenge movies where the avenger, you know, the Clint Eastwood, where he's, his family gets killed and he straps on his gun, pale rider, you know. Used to love that stuff. But listen, and we all, we, we like to watch it because we feel that way, don't we? Somebody hurts me, I'll strap on my gun and I'll get them back. Let me tell you something. Vengeance does not just kill in one direction. Vengeance is not like a gun that kills in one direction. Vengeance is like a hand grenade that has collateral damage. And dear friend, most of the time the people pulling the pin on the grenade are going to destroy themselves, their friends around, and it's going to explode and have collateral damage. Are you listening? The thing to do with that vengeance is let it go before it builds, before that revenge and that anger and hatred and bitterness builds in your heart. Let it go. Take it to the Lord. He's able to forgive. He's able to forget. And He has that ability and He's, he's willing to give that ability to us. I think of Joseph in Genesis chapter number 50. His brothers had envied him. Just a little bit of envy at home. And that envy had spilled over into hatred for Joseph. And they hated him so much that they wanted to kill him. So they put him in a pit and sold him into Egypt. And oh, how Joseph was mistreated in Egypt so bad that he winds up in the jail. If anybody... If anybody had a reason for vengeance and revenge and hatred for his brothers, they hated him without a cause. They were mean to him without a reason. It was Joseph, but yet Joseph, we find later in his life that God promoted him. You know why God promoted Joseph from the prison to the palace? Because God saw what was in Joseph's heart. Joseph being promoted to the palace has all the authority and all the military might to go back and absolutely annihilate his whole 
family that had done him wrong, and yet we find Joseph forgiving his brothers, accepting his brothers. When they were hungry, he fed them. When they needed a place to live, Joseph gave them the whole Goshen, the whole part of Egypt. Hey, Joseph is a type of the Lord Jesus Christ uh, who has forgiven us of all of our iniquities. Oh my, Joseph in a lonely, strange country, mistreated, nobody cared for his soul, yet he forgave. And one of my favorite verses in all the scripture is when Joseph's brothers finally came to their senses and repented. Joseph looked down at them and he said, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good. Wow. Wow. That's an understanding that goes deeper than most of us can fathom. It's no wonder that God blessed Joseph. It's no wonder that God promoted him. It's no wonder because Joseph could control his vengeance. He could control his anger. He could control his hot desire to revenge himself. And can I say unto us, You and I will never have power and authority with God until we learn to forgive. In Exodus 10, God was hammering down on Egypt and Pharaoh, and Pharaoh was Moses' arch nemesis. He was his enemy, and God was hammering down on Pharaoh the ten plagues of Egypt. And right in the middle of all those plagues, Pharaoh kind of gets halfway repentant. And he goes to Moses and says, forgive me, Moses. And it was, listen, it was half-hearted repentance. It was insincere repentance. And Moses knew that Pharaoh was not sincere in his repentance and his, in his, in, in his, as he came to Moses in sorrow. Moses knew he wasn't serious. And yet Moses, he says, Moses, I'm sorry, would you entreat to God on my behalf? You know what Moses did? Moses didn't look at him and say, ah, you're not serious. You're insincere. Moses goes to God and not only entreats God on the behalf of his enemy, but he prays for his enemy. Wow. Isn't that what Jesus instructs us to do? To pray for those who despitefully use us? Didn't Jesus also instruct us on the Sermon on the Mount that we are to forgive others? He says it just like this. He says, and forgive us our debts as, as we forgive our debtors. Could we ask God for forgiveness and mercy while we hold somebody else accountable for what they did to us? Ooh. It's getting quiet. It's still quiet. Listen, there's reciprocation here. Lord, you forgive me as I forgive as, as, simultaneously as I forgive others. The Bible teaches that if I do not forgive, I do not get forgiveness. The Bible teaches that that I have offended God in so many points. Listen to me carefully. The man you're listening to has offended God in so many ways and in so many points. And I need his forgiveness. And yet if I ask for his forgiveness and I won't forgive those who have offended me, will he forgive me? The answer is no. 
Could we inquire of Him for kindness toward our offenses while we hold a grudge toward others? The Bible says in Romans 10, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. Watch that word. We're going to look at that in just a minute. Rather give place to wrath. Give it a place. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. Let me tell you something this morning, straight to your face. God is the only entity in the universe with the ability to avenge or revenge or bring vengeance on anyone. He's the only one wise enough to do it. So we are to let go of our vengeance, our revenge, our hatred and put it into the hands of a holy and righteous God. You say, but he doesn't work fast enough. No, that's why he reserves that right to himself. He's patient, he's kind, he's tender hearted. And that's why we're to release, give place, the Bible says, under wrath. You're in Luke 17, turn there with me. Luke 17, verse number 3. Jesus said this. Luke 17, 3. Take heed to yourselves. Underline that. We're going to emphasize that. Take heed to yourselves. If thy brother trespass against thee, rebuke him. And if he repent, forgive him. And if he trespass against thee seven times in a day, and seven times in a day turn again to thee, saying, I repent, thou shalt forgive him. <laughs> wow. God says this. I'll take care of the retribution. You hand the vengeance to me. You compartmentalize. That's what he meant here when he said give place to wrath. You compartmentalize that and move on. I'll take care of it later. Somebody say amen. amen. God says you compartmentalize that offense and move on. I'll take care of the wrath and the retribution later. That's exactly what the Bible's saying. But Jesus says here, take heed unto yourself. He says, if your brother trespasses against you and say, I repent and forgive him. If he does it seven times in a day, then say, I forgive you and release him from the debt. <laughs> he said, he didn't say, take heed to the other person. He didn't say, take heed to the offense. He said, take heed to yourself. Amen. Take heed to yourself because their offense is only going to grow if you don't forgive. Their hatred is only going to grow if you don't forgive. Their animosity is only going to grow in you if you don't compartmentalize it and move on with life. Oh, I'd love to pour that in our heads. Take heed to yourself. Why? The pain and suffering is only going to be worsened. What? Well, Jesus said if they repent, then you're to forgive them. But what if they don't repent? <laughs> What if the person who has offended you and hurt you even purposely is unrepentant and they don't care that they've walked all over you? Listen, forgive them anyway. 
You say, where do you get scripture for that? When they were nailing the Lord Jesus Christ to the cross of Calvary, they were unrepentant sinners. Uh, They didn't care if they crucified the Lord of glory. They didn't care if they caused harm. Uh, They hated him without a cause. And you know what he said? Without their repentance, he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Wow. Their spirit, listen. There is a spirit of reconciliation that should abound in a Christian's life. The spirit of reconciliation already abounded in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ before they nailed the first nail, before they put the crown of thorns on, before they pierced his side and beat him to a pulp. There was a spirit of reconciliation there. Take heed to yourself. Jesus forgave the sin of an unrepentant world. I had a man to get mad at me over nothing one time. I had the authority. Let me just tell you the story. I had an office. There was a a man, a custodian who cleaned my office. I helped him all I could. I, I was so good to him and yet... One day, and I knew, the, I knew the situation. He had been working 12-hour shifts, seven days a week. The man was absolutely worn out. And one day, he came through, and I said, if you don't mind, on your next trip, would you bring me down a couple of boxes of Kleenexes? <laughs> Boy, that was the straw that broke the camel's back. He went off on me. He cursed me, yelling and screaming. And I'm like, it just, it just surprised me. I'm like, hey, chill out, dude. You know, it's not World War III. And in the midst of that, I said, you know what, you're forgiven. And he got even madder. And he began to yell even more. I'm not even asking for you to forgive me. I don't. And man, was he screaming curse words. I let it go. I, I, knew, I knew it. This was behavior outside of his norm. I let it go, and I avoided him for a little while, let him cool off. Actually, it was about three months I avoided him. And you know what? About three months later, my office door opened, and he came in. He said, I need to apologize to you. It took three months. Are you listening? Sometimes forgiveness and grace and love does not have an immediate effect on some on people. God help us here. Jesus said, take well, what if they're unrepentant? Forgive them anyway. There's a spirit of reconciliation there. What about forgetting? I've been asked this so much. God says about our sins that they are in the sea of forgetfulness. Somebody say amen. Your sins, my sins. God said, I'll put them behind my back. I'll put them in the sea of forgetfulness. He says this, he says as far as the east is from the west. In Hebrews 10, he says, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days. Saith the Lord, I'll put my laws into their hearts and in their minds I will write them. And their sins and iniquities I will remember no more. Can I tell you the best way to forgive is forget? 
The best way to forgive is move on, but sometimes you say, preacher, there's something there I can forgive. I've done my best to forgive, but I can't forget it. Well, wait just a minute. Let's think about this. God can forgive and forget because he's God, but sometimes memories stick in my mind. And so if someone has, it has harmed you or offended you, the best thing to do is forgive and forget. But sometimes there's a trust factor there. Can you trust them again? And if you do too, too quickly and they were insincere in their repentance, you're a fool. They're going to hurt you again. And so how do I forgive and forget? Again, let's go back to that word, compartmentalize. I have to store it. I have to put it back in, in the back of my mind and move on. And, 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 and not trust them, maybe trust them fully again. There's an old wise saying that says this, never ride a horse with a broken knee. And that's relating to those who have broken our trust. If you ride a horse with a broken knee, you're going to do it damage and you damage and you're going to wind up stuck somewhere. So we have to compartmentalize our forgiveness and our forgetfulness and move on. So, the Bible says in Psalm 86.5, For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy unto all that call upon thee. The Bible says right now that God has already equipped himself. He's already prepared himself to forgive. Thank God. You know why? I'm going to offend him before this day's over. I'm going to sin against him somehow through offense or, or, or commitment or omitment. Somehow I'm going to offend God before the sun goes down. But yet he's already prepared and equipped to forgive me. Amen. Let me ask you a question. Are you already prepared today to forgive somebody tomorrow? What about on the job? That person that just gigs you, man. Are you prepared? That person that just is so offensive. Are you prepared? God's forgiveness is in a continuous state of pardon. The Bible says he's plenteous in mercy. I think of all the evil in this world. I think of all the destruction going on. All the things that are, the sin, the, the iniquity, the wickedness in this world. And yet as I see the wickedness of this whole world in my mind, I can imagine a sea of grace, a sea of forgiveness. A, and all we have to do is come to God and come to Christ, repent of our sins, and that whole sea of forgiveful forgiveness is available to us. Why wouldn't the world jump in the middle of God's grace? Why wouldn't the world get rid of their sin? Why wouldn't the world release feelings of resentment and vengeance and enjoy the blessed grace of God? I do not know why the world rejects it. Oh, to forgive takes every virtue that is taught in scriptures. It takes mercy to release, grace to overlook, love to cover us in, kindness to understand. Most people are able to overcome the small offenses. But some people get hurt so deeply by something that looms so big in their life that they never get over it. I'm plowing pretty deep, aren't I? 
Some people have something, someone, some event, some circumstance, some person that just, they just cannot get over that. You know what the old hippies used to call that? A hang up. They hang up on it. They just can't compartmentalize it. They can't get around it and go by and forgive it and put it in the hands of God. No, they grab a hold of it and they hang on to it like, hang, like, like oh my goodness. And they won't let it go. And they'll fight you like the third monkey trying to get on to Noah's Ark and it's starting to rain. <laughs> Don't listen. The people that are unable to move on and they hang up on that offense, listen to me carefully. The people who are unable to forgive and move on become neurotic and psychotic. Let me say that again. The people who are unable to forgive release feelings of resentment and vengeance and move on become neurotic and psychotic. That's why Jesus said he didn't go in depth and give us the DSM manual and say, here's what's going to happen to you. You're going to get all these mental conditions. He just says, forgive. Amen. What a blessing. He says what he says is not only just good for our heart. It's good for our mental health. Amen. Some of the craziest people I know are people who just won't. Let go. <laughs> People get in, uh, so absorbed in hatred and revenge. I counseled a, a woman many years ago. Let me tell you her story quickly. Beautiful Christian lady. I mean beautiful. Kept herself. Man, Mary Kay didn't even have to do much with her. Sweetest old gal that ever was. Yet someone murdered her brother. In cold blood. And she became so vengeful. So hateful. And so mean. And she carried that hatred with her. And she couldn't release it. And the last time I saw her, the words coming out of her mouth were filthy. The, the, the hatred was emanating from her heart. Oh, her countenance was even changed with hatred and demonic looking. Hey, let me tell you something, ladies. <laughs> if you get vengeful, Mary Kay can't cover it up. Amen. Amen. You can buy a ton of Maybelline and it can't cover up an evil spirit. And an unforgiving heart. Amen. Boy, I need to stop right there and let that one sink in. And yet as I counseled her, she wouldn't let go. I brought it to her attention. And yet, she maintained that heart of evil hatred. 
I think of the woman in the Bible. And she comes to the Lord Jesus with an alabaster box. and She gets at the feet of the Lord Jesus Christ and she begins to pour that ointment on his feet and she begins to weep and her tears are falling down on it. And she washes his feet with the tears and that ointment and dries them with her hair. You're talking about humility. And Jesus was at Simon's house when this happened. And Simon looked down at her and he said, Well, my, my goodness, if this man was really the Son of God, he'd know what kind of a woman is washing his feet. Why, she's a sinner. He'd know that she was this great sinner. And Jesus perceived his thoughts. And he said this, Simon, I have somewhat to say to thee. And he said, Master, say on. And Jesus said a certain creditor had two debtors. The one owed him 500 pence and the other owed him 50 pence. And neither was able to pay and he forgave them both. Which one do you think will love him the most? And Simon said, well, the one who will love him the most is the one who had 500 pence, who's forgiven the most. And Jesus said, you have rightly judged. And when I came into your house, you gave me no water to wash my feet. You gave me no oil to, to anoint my body. You, were, you didn't honor me like this lady honored me. And yet because she has been forgiven much, she loves much. Wow. And he said this, Wherefore I say unto you, John 7, 47, Her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loveth little. And he said unto her, Thy sins are forgiven. Thank God. The Bible says in the verse we read, as I close the message, Forgiving one another... As God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you, and you, and you, and me. That means that God loves Jesus so much that he forgives me. Now, I wonder how many amens I'm going to get. That means that if I love Jesus that much... I'll forgive you. Amen. Even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. <laughs> forgive one another. Wow. Sombering message. I can tell by the spirit of this church. I read. I read the spirit in this church like reading a newspaper. <laughs> I've been preaching too long not to. I can tell that this message has hit home in the heart of most everybody here. Because if you review your life, there's going to be a lot of offenses. There's going to be a lot of hurt. People have said things, done things. Some of it's been on purpose. Some of it's just been inadvertently. But it's happened. And now you can't forgive. And I'm going to ask you today to come to the altar. I'm going to ask you today if this message hit you. 
and you are harboring feelings of resentment or bitterness or anger or vengeance, I'm going to ask you to bring it to Jesus. Right now, slip out of your seat. Amen. God bless you. Some already coming. Don't be ashamed. The truth is this whole congregation, amen, this whole congregation ought to be on the altar because we're all human. The man you're listening to is human. We all make these kind of mistakes. Anybody else? Come on. Give it to the Lord before it grows, before it gets bigger. The Bible says a root of bitterness will grow into a tree of hate. You say, preacher, but how can I forgive if I bring it to the altar and I give it to Jesus? How can I forgive? Listen to me carefully. There is no nobler reason to forgive than to forgive on the basis of what Christ has done for you and what He's done for me. Could there be a higher reason or a nobler example to forgive than what Christ, for what Christ has done for me? In order to save me, He had to forgive me. and I had trespassed His law. My conscience said, I'm guilty. The law said the sinner must die. Justice cries, he deserves hell. The fiends of hell scream, cast him down. And the abyss where there's weeping. But yet Christ, in all of my guilt, Christ comes and says, George, I'll take my blood and wipe your sins away. You're forgiven. God help me to be like Christ. Oh, the Son of God steps in with His blood, with His mercy, with His grace. I've been so offensive to Him. And yet He releases me. God help me to release, to let go. God help me. Christ forgives me and points to the cross where he says there it's recorded right there on the cross of Calvary that I forgave everyone those who despitefully used me those who hated me those who drove nails in my hands and feet it's recorded for all of eternity that I forgave God help me to offer that same Forgiveness. God help me to offer that same grace to others. Brian, would you slip out and pray for this precious couple? Put your arms around them and pray with them. I'm God's done a work here this morning. I've not just seen the results on the altar. I've seen tears. I've seen you wipe those tears. I've seen God touch your heart. Let it go. Let it go. Today. Today, let it go.
If you don't let it go, it'll just become heavier. The earth will seem tired of bearing the weight. The sun will seem tired of shining on you. Even the air itself will seem tired of giving you oxygen if you don't let it go. Compartmentalize it and move on. 